Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. We are proudly sponsored by GD Herring, Classic Car Insurers, providing a range of insurance solutions for your business, your life, and your home. Contact them at gdherring.com for a customized quote. In addition to insurance, GD Herring provides classic car appraisal and pre-purchase inspection services. If you are interested in collecting and investing in classic cars, check out my new book, Drop Throttle Oversteer, now available at Amazon in paperback. And an honest review of the book is always greatly appreciated. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Benzel, along with our guest today, Tim Hatzel. Tim, welcome back. And your idea of car music on an automotive-related podcast went great, and we are glad to have you back. Thanks for having me back. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. We're glad to have you. I believe, Tim, we ended up in the 60s on the previous episode, and I'm ready to get into the 70s and move forward. So what do you have for us? Awesome, awesome. So yeah, the 70s, we closed out with um, yeah a couple things in the the 60s, and and it just seemed like there was so much to cover through that period. But as we get into the 70s, um, although we're still kind of in that rock, pop genre, the music tends to get a little bit harder in some cases. In some cases, it also could be a little bit more mellow with the introduction of like some Eagle songs who kind of fall somewhere in that genre, subgenre of uh, easy rock or sort of rock country, uh, but very much sort of a crossover band. Uh, but yeah, we can just jump right into it. Um, so if we go back to as early as the year 1970, so we're crossing right out of Woodstock, rolling in. To the, to, to the beginning of 1970, Janis Joplin with an acapella hit comes out with anybody. Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz. Here we go. A little trivia. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? My friends all have... Porsches. And I must make amens. amens. That's right. That's right. So quite a little comical song. Very fun to listen to. Easy to sing. We've all heard it. Love that song. Um, any, any, real, say? real quick, um, Jason, do you know how long Mercedes Benz used that in their ad campaigns? Oh, you know what? I do remember. I do remember. I don't know how long, but I absolutely remember that jingle from Janis Joplin's song. Um, I remember that in the 80s, and I thought they they used that for a couple right, ad campaigns, they did, and it I was just, yep, just that first part, yep. A little flowing image, absolutely over yep. the silver Mercedes Benz, and I forget which model they were showing, and that was it. Yeah, just, I never knew they used it. Yeah, just they that did. Song, yep, a little bit logo, right? No other words Very were cool. used in the in the ad. I don't, I don't believe mm-hmm. it was just the song image Mercedes. That's awesome. It's good marketing. Yeah, come and get it. <laughs> exactly, the marketing wrote itself. I'm sure they had to pay some big royalty to. The trustee of, of you know who was collecting her fees from Janice's you know, estate got paid. I would I would be <laughs> sure of that many times over. I would think. So coming up into the early seventies, this next one, uh, Steppenwolf, a little band by the name of Steppenwolf, comes out with a legendary song, and we would see this in ad campaigns for in the years to come. Uh, it would end up in some movies. Uh, I don't know if it ever ended up. Did it end up in Easy Rider? It was as an Easy well? Rider. Yeah, Easy Rider. So that song is called Born to be Wild. To be Wild. In the classic scene with uh, Peter Fonda and Jack Nicholson. And who else? There was a third guy. 
Oh, Tom Skerritt, maybe? Was Tom Skerritt in that? For a little bit, maybe? Yeah, I'm not sure. That's Yeah, well, somebody. Anyway, Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, rolling down the highway on their motorcycles. Anyway, <laughs> Steppenwolf. That is a nice. great car song. There you go. Born yes, it is. Wild. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Thank you. Not Tom Skerritt. Dennis Hopper. Right. Um, okay, so here we go. The next one I wanted to just mention um, is a song by a band called Golden Earring. Now, here's here's the deal. This song came out in as early as 1973. For me, I don't remember hearing it until probably the late 70s, around 77, 78. And it was true. It was released in the United States. It didn't do well upon the first release, but they did a re-release on it like three or four years later, almost five years later. And the song just took off and everybody loved it. Um, and then I would hear the song many, many more times in the 80s and 90s. And to this day, it's still a great song. But do you guys know that song, Radar Love? Yeah. Radar Love. Oh, and that's a do. song that, sa- that still follows in that genre, the sound of the late 60s. It's, so, got a, it's got a little bit of feel to it, but it also there's a drum, there's a, uh, a little drum solo in there that is just this really cool, it's almost like a jazz riff that this mm-hmm. guy is doing. Um, but the song itself, to me, it always felt like it was a little new wavy. And maybe that goes hmm. back to maybe that 1960s field because some of the new wave stuff that would later follow in the late 70s and early 80s kind of had like a little retro visit to to the 1960s anyway. But Radar Love and the, and the line out of that song that always stood out to me was, I've been driving all night, my hands wet on the wheel. Yeah, definitely a driving song. Doesn't mention any specific car, but is a driving, oh, yeah. driving song. Yeah. Um. And then this legendary song from 1975. Um, I must have played as I was getting in as a musician, as I was getting into this song at the, at the middle school age. Well, maybe I, I didn't get into the song until probably I was in middle school. So about 78 is when I started trying to play this song on the guitar. But it was Slow Ride by Foghat. One of my personal favorites. It's a great song. Uh, you can't play it loud enough, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Slow I ride, love that song. Take Absolutely. it easy. Yep. Yeah, it's a, and I think that's the only two lyrics in the long. Well, I'm <laughs> in the mood. The rhythm is right. And there's not many other lyrics that's in right. the song. But it is a rockin', rockin' song. Yes, it is. Yeah. I didn't really think about how they spaced the lyrics apart in that song. It's like there's not much words, to it. A lot of music. Yeah, a couple more words. The yeah. phrasing on that is... It's pretty much the Indigata Davida song. It of, really of a car is. Song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My mind's a little blown right now. 55 <laughs> years later, we're still talking about it, though. Yes. Oh, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a legacy song. It's a, it's a classic. Definitely. And and same year, uh, a, a little band by the name of War came out with, with the coolest song. It had, um, if you were to hear it, it had like a little mariachi I think I know this. band happening. Okay. And... So go ahead. Low rider. Low Jason with the win. There you go. We need to buy the band War. Yep. Yeah. And now speaking of just easy lyrics, I don't think they ever said anything other than Low Rider. Get your low rider. <laughs> yeah. yeah right. That was that was pretty much it. But that was kind of a unique song. No other songs came out with that kind of beat. That's right. It, it kind of really changed uh changed things yeah. for music. Take yeah. a little trip. Take a little trip. Take, Take a little, little trip, trip with me. With me. Pretty simple. And and by the way, the genres that we've been covering through up up till now, so from a few songs sprinkled in from the fifties through the sixties into the seventies, have all been kind of rock based, 
pop rock based and various subgenres of of those two primary genres um but this next one um kind of hovers around the r&b maybe motown feel but this is sort of the the beginning period of of this soul music that's coming up on the scene and this next tune was the was the uh in a featured film or i'm sorry it was the soundtrack to a film with the same title and it was called car wash by a band or a group or maybe even just a lady singer by the name of rose royce with that uh, suggestion of Rolls Royce, oh, but Rose Royce, the song Car Wash. Okay, right? yep, I remember working yep. at the car, car wash. wash. Y'all yep. remember, did y'all ever see the movie? Oh yeah, oh yeah, multiple times. No, probably, you never saw the first movie you seen with George Carlin as a, I believe he's a taxi driver. That's right, Carlin was in that. Huh. Yeah, yeah, great movie. Well, you know, when you're nine, it's a great movie. But anyway, <laughs> now, great song. Well, it, when when you were younger, it was also a movie that had a little bit of skin in it, so you got to see a little bit of that, little flashes. Yeah. yeah. Now, going up the list here, I noticed that uh, we have some in here. Mid seventies, so we're kind of creeping in the mid mid seventies here, rolling down, rolling down the road of the seventies. Yep. Where do the Eagles bring us here? So, so I'm going to get to the Eagles. Okay. Um, and, and the way I laid out my initial list, I thought <laughs> I would really kind of hit on them here in, 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 in around 76 or so, 77. But there was one I skipped over, and um, you guys, I don't, you, you, I don't know if you ever heard of a little band called Queen. Yeah, no, just a little, yeah, little band called once or Queen. twice. Freddie Mercury was the front man for this band. Yeah, everybody knows Queen, of They've course. They've done some things here and there. That's right. And in 1975, they came out with this amazing song called Bohemian Rhapsody. And it is a ballad. It is like an an, an epic uh, uh, song. I mean, it's it, I don't know how many minutes long it is, but if you remember the movie Wayne's World, Absolutely. Bohemian Rhapsody was the song they did in Garth's Pacer. That's right. Right? Light blue play- pacer. That's oh, right. Yep. Just a great yep. scene. And and hearing that song from start to finish right. in the movie was worth it. Oh, because yeah. the song had kind of <laughs> gone away for a while. And then here we are up in the 90s. Mm-hmm. We're listening to it again. That's so awesome. I mean, that scene. movie is what brought Queen relevant again. Probably so. Probably so. And when that movie was made, I don't know if Freddie had passed already. Because I think, well, it might have been either recently after. Or they were kind of around the same time, I think. But I was going to mention the B-side of that 45, of that release, was a song by not the front man, but a backup singer for Queen and, and the drummer, Roger Taylor. He wrote a song called, anybody know the name of it? And it was mentioned if you saw the Queen movie or the movie about Freddie Mercury recently. They, they, they I'm in it. love with my car. I'm in love with my car. Mm. I didn't even know there was a song that is, existed called I'm, Neither I'm in did love. Neither with my car until after I saw the movie, I had to go home and pull it up on YouTube. <laughs> and it's actually, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's good listening, but yeah, Roger Taylor. The song was definitely made for Jason. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right. So here we come. This is the first time we're going to talk about country music. All right, Jason, y'all gonna be okay. Yeah, right, buddy? okay. All, All right, right, buddy. I'll, just I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Take but, some Benadryl. Uh, yeah. You're not gonna get the highs. I might be pointing at you guys to yeah. bail me out here. So <laughs> not and not everybody's a country fan. We get that. We get that. But um, Johnny Cash. Everybody knows who Johnny oh, yeah. Cash is. Whether you hate country or love it, you'll know who this guy is. Well, he came up with this really clever song 
about a GM auto worker who sometime around the year of, I don't know, maybe early, uh, or I'm sorry, mid to late 50s through maybe the early 70s, with the help from his friends and, and some duffel bags, he actually takes out every day one piece of a car. So this goes on for a series of many, many years. The name of the song is called One Piece at a Time. My he, favorite Johnny Cash song. It's a song. great Johnny Cash song. He builds a car. It's got, out. I forgot what the part's on it, from a 1958 Cadillac Finn to a, uh, uh, I don't know, to he, the dashboard of a 1972, and the doors don't match. And I actually saw a replica of the car at Johnny's home uh, down around, I guess it's near Gallenberg, Tennessee, or wherever it was, maybe Nashville. Mm-hmm. But I, I went to his house. It's not like Graceland. It's, it's kind of like Graceland. It's white, circular driveway. But they had this car out there that was based on the song, One Piece at a Time. And you look at it, one side has a fin on the back, the other one doesn't. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it, it, it's amazing. It's, it's a, awesome. such a fun song to listen it to. Is. And during the song, I think it, he talks about what somebody asked him what kind of car it is. He goes, well, it's, uh, and he goes through. 52, 352, uh, yeah. 54, 55. <laughs> right. <laughs> awesome. All the years, all his never parts came off. I of never it. knew that. Yeah. Oh, that's neat. Brilliant. That's it's really a, cool. Very fun tune. How about yeah. that? It's, wow. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. So, um, so that was 76 when that was released. Um, still kind of hanging in that 1976 period. There's a great story uh, by the artist Neil Young. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with too many Neil Young songs. I mean, I'm a big Neil Young fan. I really like him. He spent some time with Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Um, and uh, anyway, so he came out with a song called Long May You Run. And it is a beautiful song. But he tells the story not so much about how he acquired the car, but but it's it's just a story about this car by the name of Mort, which I don't think he mentions <laughs> the name Mort. But Mort was what he named the very first car he acquired, which was a... 1960, I'm sorry, it was a 1948 Buick Roadmaster Hearse, okay? Which is why he named it Mort, Mort okay? As in mortuary, mm-hmm. yeah, or mortician, exactly. So the car, after uh, well-spent time touring and carrying his equipment, it actually died on the road in 1962, and it was interned to that glorious scrapyard in the sky. How about that? <laughs> but it's a beautiful song. If you ever get a chance to listen to it, Long May You Run. I want to know um, how many more puns we can get on uh, a hearse dying. All <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> right. exactly. <laughs> um, all right, so so moving on in, uh, we're going to cross over into the year 1977. And, man, I remember this like it was yesterday because my parents hated whenever the song came on the radio. If we were on a long drive, uh, which I think coming back from Atlanta one New Year's, my parents had to listen to my sister because we would want to hear some pop radio, and they would play the song maybe about every hour, hour and a half, if we could tune in the station just right. And and the song was uh, "Bad Out of Hell." Well, there were two of them. There was actually "Bad Out of Hell" and "Paradise by the Dashboard Lights." Love that song. So that's a love song right there, absolutely. as we all know, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's sentimental. Very. I mean, sentimental. it's it's very much about a tender relationship. Yes. And it's also so taking it slow. It there, you know, it, it's it's a coming of age song, really. And it's also the song that they play when the DJ needs to go to the bathroom. 
<laughs> because that's a long, so long song. song. Right. And if you know, ever knew the name Phil Rizzuto from The Money Store, he used to do advertisements for The Money Store. He's actually calling the play-by-play because he was a baseball announcer. He was the Yankees. He played? the Yankees. Mm-hmm. Phil Rizzuto. An yeah. How about that? But what's interesting about this song, just so you know, and it was, by the way, written, written by a, a co-writer. Actually, the full writer was Jim Steinman. But Meatloaf was the front man for this little... Uh, creation that they'd come up with but bad out of hell although it was originally recorded and released in 1977 it was re-released again in 1979 and then re-released for a third time in 1993 there are not many songs that uh that have that have gone through a cycle like that so that's quite a successful story about a song bad out of hell great stuff um all right so here we come to the Eagles. Well, everybody, I remember when the Eagles were coming out, my baby boomer parents who were born, I guess, in the early, well, or mid-40s, they love the Eagles. And I'm like, gosh, should I like the Eagles because my parents love them? I don't know. I was questioning. <laughs> I was questioning truly at that point in my existence in life is what, what, what can I, where can I go wrong to derail this whole thing? Because my parents should not be listening to the same music I'm listening <laughs> right. to. Right? And that song that, that made the hits in 1977 Made the charts rather was life in the fast lane. Fast, yeah. fast lane, yeah. Actually recorded in 1976, released in 1977. So it's recorded probably fall of 76. They didn't release it until spring of 77. Why? I I have no idea. Why would they delay a release of a great song? Did the Eagles have any other like hits that? coming out they that year? They were having plenty. Because they had a lot running of running on empty, kind of a car right. song. I've been standing on a corner. Where, John? Uh, Winslow, Arizona. Such a fine sight to see. That's right. It's a girl, my lord, in a flatbed Ford. Slowing down. What's she doing, Eric? Oh, she's just checking. <laughs> looking at me. <laughs> she's checking Eric out. Yeah, that's right. These are car songs we all grew up with. The Eagles. Get out of the street, dude. Get out of the street, dude. Well, just a quick little little story on this song. This is kind of funny because there's two, there's two unconfirmed stories here. Um, Glenn Fry swears that that the the, um, the story went like this is that he was he was out on the road with this drug dealer of a guy because I don't know if you all know about musicians in the 70s and some of the 60s occasionally there was some drug usage going on I don't know if you guys are aware of that occasionally but anyway so Glenn Fry's like he's like buddy you got to slow down and he goes come on so so the guy's name was count the count he's the drug dealer he says come on man this is life in the fast lane and supposedly that's Glenn Fry's story. Don Henley, he felt differently. He, he said that that's not really the way he remembers the thing happening. But he, he said that uh, Joe Walsh, who was kind of a new member of, of their band, um, not a full-fledged um, uh, money, not, not a full-fledged member of, of the Eagles, because we all know it was Henley and Fry that made all the money in that band. So he was really just kind of a working man. But Joe Walsh was new to the band. And he he came up with these shredful licks that uh, you know if you know the opening to that tune and and Glenn Fry or uh, Don Henley said man we've got we've got to build a song around those licks let's do it so they came up with Life in the Flat Fast Lane Fast Lane is it that's something that's, that's neat. a fun song that I like is. it yeah that's absolutely one. Yep. yeah Life yep. in the Fast Lane Shirley what is it Shirley hope you are Shirley gonna lose your mind or anyway whoever Shirley is yeah. <laughs> Well, Surely make you lose your mind. And those are two really very, about very different stories, origin stories of how you came up with a song. One seems rather embellished. Yep. 
And the other one seems, screw his story. Ours is just we were in the studio and he wrote it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so which, the other I'm one a has Glenn a little Fry more kind of guy. Yeah. 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 Now, for, speaking of Joe Walsh real quick, would you consider a car song, Life's Been Good to Me, where he talks about how I have all these cars, I, have, I, I yeah, lost my license. Maserati. Does one forty five. I lost my license. Now I can't drive. <laughs> That's right. I've yeah. got people to drive for me, and right. Oh yeah, it's definitely okay. a driving song. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, just like Don McLean's American Pie. Right. You know, I think it just mentioned once drove my Chevy, Chevy to the, to the levee. Yeah. Right. In every course. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Which right. is about the death of Buddy Holly. Yeah, the big and, bopper. and yeah, the big bopper and uh, the Rolling Stones. Richie there was an incident. Valens. Richie Valens, that's right. And there was a stabbing at one of the Rolling Stones concerts uh, that, that that they mention in that no angel from hell could break that devil's spell or whatever the, the, the lick was. But that was about a stabbing at a Rolling Stone concert. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. That Although was... that's off cars, off topic. Right. <laughs> right. No, it's still cool good, because good the whole documentary yeah, was absolutely. Give Me Shelter. Yeah. Oh, I did wow. not know that lyric in that song was about the, the Stones yeah. part. Great stuff, right? Yeah. You'll learn things every day here at the Classic Car Corner Podcast. That's right. <laughs> Sponsored by G.D. Herring, by the way. All right. So all you guys close to my age, we're all Generation X sitting in this room. Mm-hmm. One of the most influential bands of our middle school days had to be the band, the Knights in Satan Asylum. Kiss. You wanted the best. You got the best. <laughs> the hottest yes. band That's in the right. world. Girls. That's right. What a show those guys could put on, too. So, Detroit Rock City, off of the Destroyer album, 1976. An actual, it was the only album that they had. They have more gold records than Elvis at this point, as far as sales. I mean, that's that's sales. You put out enough records and fans are going to buy them. Yeah. But it, this was the only album that they did that was actually critically acclaimed. Even Rolling that. Stone said... Uh, the music's great if they could just get rid of all that makeup, makeup and garbage. Yeah. yeah. Detroit Rock City. A song about getting ready to go out and have a great night, see a concert, and it ends with a car crash. <laughs> That's right. And I don't know, Jason, were you even a Kiss fan or did you listen to him a little bit? I didn't really listen to him really? that much. Okay. Yep. Okay. I think my mom, uh, when she saw four guys dressed uh, in makeup, yeah, kabuki yeah, makeup, yeah. calling themselves. It was, it was hard for her to let me. Uh, Get the 1984 Van Halen album in 1984. I would have been 13. What about you, John? <laughs> uh, I was not a big Kiss fan. Yeah. I did like some of their music. Detroit Rock City, I love that song. There's yeah. a handful of uh, that was a great song. Kiss songs. But my cousin uh, is two years older than me. Huge Kiss fan. Yeah. And growing we up, all he had, had all their one, albums. Yep. We all had that one friend or that one relative right. who just couldn't get enough Kiss over the top. And apparently, Eric, while he raised his hand, that would be me. Was that guy? So I, I want to just bring, I want to interject a new, some new material by Kiss, and, and we'll question the debate on is this a car song or not. And the reason why I'm going to ask you if it's a car song is because we talked about the Deuce Coupe earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, this song's just called. Deuce. Do you know the Deuce song by Kiss? I know Deuce. And I, I'm still puzzled to this day. So I'm 12 years old the first time I heard this song. I'm at the record store. I buy the record. I run home. I listen to it about for three months maybe. And then I'm like, I'm going to analyze these lyrics because I still don't know what the heck is going on. Shouldn't do it. 
No. <laughs> so I so I so I analyzed the lyrics. Okay. This is I'm just going to read some lyrics off of the song Deuce. Okay. First verse goes like this: Get up and get your grandma out of here. Pick up old Jim is working hard this year, and baby, do the things he says to do. Let me stop down just real quick, and I'm going to analyze a couple of things. First of all, the guy comes in and says, "Get up." Okay, I understand that. And, but, but the next is, and get your grandma out of here. Well, first of all, why are you yelling at my grandmother? And what has she ever <laughs> done to you? She's not yelling at your grandma. He's no, telling he's, you, hey, get up. Get your grandma out of here but because why, we're getting ready to rock. Why would my grandmother be here? But why would he want just demand? He to doesn't get, want to He doesn't know her. my grandmother He respects your anybody. grandmother and doesn't want her to see you rocking out as hard as you need You know, to. I'm going to debate right there. First of all, my, this guy has never tasted my grandmother's amazing Italian cream cake. It's the best in the world. They're made from wings of angels. So That's why are you yelling at my grandmother, first of all? Second of all, second of all, who the hell is Jim? And why is he working harder this year than any year be- before? So now we have three people. There's me. There's this guy yelling at me. My grandmother, we're bringing a fourth named Jim. Old Jim has been working hard. It could have been her husband. You know, he could be. They could be, you know, like she's cooking and he's okay well working well, hard okay well i'm just gonna go and jump to the jump to the That's course not what it means but <laughs> let me just jump to the course it says baby if you're feeling good baby if you're feeling nice you know your man is working hard he's worth a, a deuce. deuce what is a deuce jason to my knowledge it's a two-door car what I, all right i have Eric, no the kiss idea what it means uh, i i am a kiss yeah. fan and that song rocks I listen. Lyrics do uh, not make come sense. Come on, you he's know. worth a deuce. Jim's been working hard all year. For, better, you know, more than he's ever worked before. He's at least worth a five spot, maybe a ten ski. I don't Perhaps know. Perhaps he's he's he needs a two door car. I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb, and we may have to edit this. I don't know, but <laughs> I hope uh, so. Maybe he's worth two ladies at the same time. You know that you know he's been working been... hard. You know, and it is it is a part of that genre. Some of their music is a part of crotch rock, which was also a part of the late seventies. Okay, I don't care all... how hard I work, but yeah, you, you really can't get into analyzing. You got to just enjoy yeah. this. Enjoy. It's the just a fun, right, well, it's a fun song. It's a fun song. It's a fun song. But four right. of us here should we? Don't make sense. Are we calling it a car song or not? No, I'm no. going to say no. Okay, I'm going to call it a uh, quagmire. Okay. <laughs> Quagmire. But Detroit Rock City flat out tells For sure. it tells an entire wow. story. Now, Deuce came out earlier. It was on one of their first or second albums. So you're in your first round of stuff. In fact, the label was going under and Neil Acoin came to him and said, Well, you guys need to like do a rock anthem or something that just says, Hey, they write uh, rock and roll night and party every day. Yeah. And they said, Okay, now what now what else are you gonna do? Detroit Rock City. And then they put together Destroyer. Delivers with Destroyer. And Beth, by the way, was on the B the side. The B side. Yeah. And okay. Beth is their greatest hit. It's a great song. It's a great song. That became the that became the hit. Yeah. They wouldn't play Detroit Rock City. They flipped it over and went, Well, this Beth, song's even better. Peter Chris. Yeah. All right. So moving right along. Um where are we? Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. We talked about that. Oh, here we go. Blondie. Everybody remember Call Me by Blondie. But did you guys ever hear the song Detroit 442? No. That is a car song. And it's actually a rocking car song. And while we're on it, Jason, educate us all. What is a 442? 
It's an Oldsmobile. Uh, four barrel, four speed dual exhaust. My man. Excellent. Right? Excellent. Color Supreme 442. Yep. Sounds good to me. Yep. 19, uh, well, let's see. When did they come out with 442s? Late 60s, maybe? Definitely had them in the 70s because I remember those cars. And Blondie was singing about it in 1978. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. And that's yeah. awesome because Blondie was, didn't if they originally were a punk band. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And this was in the 70s, believe it or not. First time I heard a punk song was probably in the 80s. I don't really know what punk like was. Sex I, Pistols. Yeah. But those guys came out in like 1974, 75. I mean, punk was already on the scene. The Ramones were up and coming. Yeah. And anyway, and I'm sure the Ramones did some songs about cars, I would think, with their their uh, attitude and whatnot. They it were lasted probably 30 seconds. Capable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> capable of that. But uh, yeah, and then after Blondie, um, here we go. Running on Empty, or Highway to Hell by ACDC. Highway to Hell. That's another song you cannot play loud enough. Yeah, it's a great song. <laughs> right. No stop signs, no speed limit, nobody going to stop us down. That's right. Yeah. Uh, same year, 1970. Well, that was 1979, but knocking back a year, uh, Running on Empty with Jackson Brown. Huge hit. And then here we go. This is our first, um, the first time we see a new wave song coming on the scene by a guy by the name of Gary Newman, and the song was called Cars. Mm -hmm. Here in my cars, I feel safest of all, blah, blah, blah. It's the only way to live in cars. cars. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Dude, dude. Exactly. Sanctuary from the outside world. The guy just subdues himself in all crisis, apparently, in his cars. It's an interesting song, too. It's, it's, you're hearing this uh, real techno sound that... Mm -hmm. That almost kind of like, is this Devo? Is this, what is this? I've never heard this sound before. Very techno. And yeah. this is still the late, this late is late 70s. 70s. The, yeah. I mean, you think new age, you think early 80s. Yeah, exactly. 80, you think about 82, 83, 81. That's right. This They're is, laying this groundwork. Is yeah. Right. Laying the groundwork for, for the 80s tunes to come. And, and then go. pretty soon, Jason will be listening to stuff like <laughs> Boy George. Oh, nice. Sorry. Yeah, Air right. Supply. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, now you're assuming that he doesn't already play that. I know he already does. Oh, Let me go. tell you what's that's on right. a tape deck in one of his cars. We know. Air supply. That's right. Oh, that's great. <laughs> All right. So as we as we transition out of it's the 1970s. funny because it's true. <laughs> hey, don't make fun of my air supply. Come on. Oh, and here we go. Here's, here's the rebirth of Smokey Robinson's career. Smokey doing the doo-wop scene back in the 60s into the 70s. And in 1979, we have the release of the song Cruisin' on a Sunday afternoon. You guys remember that oh, yeah. song? Absolutely, oh, yeah. That's a great song to this day. Just mm -hmm. mellow and laid back. Roll, drive through the park. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then we break through to the 1980s, and it's a whole new game. The 80s music. Yeah. Yeah. Ambush. Yep. Yeah. So, so you know, um, unfortunately, we're running out of time here. But what I was going to say is, um, okay, uh, what I was going to say is, you can't forget. I mean, this is the 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 song that most people kind of uh, kind of take with me because I drive a wood paneled station wagon, and that would be the 1983 Holiday Road. 
from vacation. Vacation. That's right. Yes. <laughs> That's right. So road. he has a family truckster, guys. You think you hate it now? What do you drive it? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. ride in the very back. Back. Uh, exactly. Yeah, that's always fun. So, so also great. in the 1980s, uh, Prince came out with "Little Red Corvette." We all knew that song in grade school. Uh, we all jammed it out. We wore out those cassette tapes. Oh yeah, everybody wanted that little red Corvette. Corvette. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then Prince. you listened to the lyrics as you got older and realized. Yeah. How did my mom let me listen to this song in the same car with where she was in? Oh, well, yeah, lucky for risque. us. Yeah. Lucky for us, my mom never liked my music, so. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> my yeah. mom actually took uh, my Van Halen 1984 album and Guns N' Roses' Appetite for Destruction and said, you need to go get your own again. And you know what? Well, before we jumped into the 80s, I just want to say one thing about while we were still in the 70s, and I completely missed this, guys. And oh, there's... Yeah. Uh, a, a guy by the name of Bruce Springsteen. There's a there's a chance Bruce may have written more songs about cars than the Beach Boys. Oh my and, gosh! And well, I know we need to get out of here pretty soon, but I'm I'm gonna. We got plenty of time. Oh, we got plenty we of got time. Plenty of time. Well, let me just we, pay, we put more money in the meter, and we were all set. Oh, excellent. Okay, all right. Car reference. Okay, I didn't know where we were heading with this, guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good car reference, Eric. But I just wanted to just flash back to the '70s for just a moment. Um, Bruce Springsteen. Five songs came to me when I was kind of researching some material. And everybody knows who the boss is. The boss is a legend, right? you got to love him. Oh. Yeah. Um, let me just run down some car songs on this guy. Born to Run in the 1970s. A little line from that. Chrome wheels, fuel injected, and stepping out over the line. If that's not a car song, right. what the hell is mm-hmm. there? Come on. <laughs> that, that song, is a car yeah. song. And that's a rocking song. That's a song of freedom on the open road and just teen angst and just letting it rip down the highway. And that thing was a hit again in the 80s. Yeah, for sure. When they released a live version of it, well, I think it was like around Live 8 or something like that, they had some live shows, and the whole video is different concerts, live concerts pieced together where they're playing against, playing, what, 30, 60, 100,000 seat crowds. And everybody's just going nuts with the song. Like a Farm Aid type deal? Yes. Yeah. I mean, just and just touring. The crowd is just right in line with the boss. Clarence Clemens goes to town on the saxophone. John, say it. I don't have much to say about Bruce Springsteen, you but can't my brother's turn it up here. Loud enough. Uh, well, that that's, song. That song. <laughs> I have to admit, I'm not a big Bruce Springsteen fan. <laughs> and my, when my brother listens to this, he's going to call me a jackass. <laughs> but I'm probably not a Bruce Springsteen fan because I was forced by him to listen to it so much. So it was just uh, shoved down your throat. It right? was, yeah. and you know, he's obviously a great musician and has tons of hit records. There's no question there. It's just. I, I was forced and forced, I so he right. would turn his Bruce Springsteen on, and I would be cranking out my Molly Crew. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so we always had dueling, uh, dueling music going on when we lived in the house at the same time. But uh, my brother, uh, he he's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Seen him numerous, numerous yeah. times in, in concert, and I've actually, I will admit, I have seen Bruce live once. Bruce is uh, good life. I saw him at Bonnaroo, and uh, it was uh, 
It was a good show. Yeah. You, you were know, the guy out there going, you suck. My brother made me listen to you. No, no. I, I, I had to just out of respect to who he is and a musician. I can't I can't be somewhere where somebody at that statue is having a concert and not at least go watch part of the show yeah, to appreciate what doing, the yeah. showmanship and, and his talent. So I let mean, me say this about Bruce. Eric and I were talking before the podcast and <clears throat> about Bruce Springsteen and, and some of the car songs. And there's more. I'll, I'll just run down them here in just a minute. But. One of them that jumps out at me, I don't think it's really a car song, but it, but a line, the very opening line in the song of the song is called Fire, and I think the Pointer Sisters, was it the Pointer Sisters? Maybe have made that popular. Anyway, the song line is, I'm driving in my car, turn on the radio. You've all heard it. Do, 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 fire, because yeah. when we kiss, yeah, yeah. fire, right? Okay. That, yes. Well, it was written by Bruce Springsteen, but made famous by the Pointer uh, Sisters. Is it the Pointer Sisters? We'll just say it's the Pointer Sisters, anyway. But what was the other one you mentioned, Eric? Uh, um, oh, Pink Cadillac for Bruce Springsteen. Were you talking? Yeah, we're all talking about Pink Cadillac. That Aretha Franklin. We know Aretha Franklin's version of "Riding in My Pink Cadillac," but Aretha didn't write that, did she? Or do we have it backwards? I thought Bruce wrote it. I could be wrong. Uh, Aretha Franklin wrote that song, uh, and Bruce sang it. Now, there's multiple yes, versions. Okay. But for the one that Bruce Springsteen sang, Pink Cadillac. Crushed Velvet Seats. It was written by Aretha Franklin for Bruce. Or How She wrote it, that? Bruce sang it. I don't know okay. if she wrote it for okay. Bruce. Gotcha. But, yeah. Well, there's another song about Cadillacs that Bruce covered called Cadillac Ranch. You, know, guys, you guys remember the Cadillac Ranch? Okay. Uh, another one, racing in the streets. Sam, you may be on your own on this one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Long and dark, shiny and black. Cadillac Ranch. Anyway. Uh, and then racing in the streets was a big one. Thunder Road, uh, a great song, talking about burned out Chevrolets. Uh, it's it's a story of, of um, oh, gosh, of reckoning, I think. And, and Bruce is such a great storyteller. I always kind of like the storytelling type stuff. Uh, but this song called Thunder Road. You listen to the song from start to finish. Yeah, it's a car song, but it's talking about breaking away, breaking out of this town with this girl, um, and they're just going to go make a life somewhere else. Apparently, she's just graduated high school, and they're just trying to get the heck out of Dodge. But this song, you can hear the the, the power of this song in some of the words um, as he's talking about just you know breaking free and getting that, getting out of here, and they're, and they're beat up car or all the redemption I can offer girl is beneath this dirty hood. I mean that, that that's uh poetry in motion right there. Yeah. Beautiful. I do like that song. Thunder. Road. That's a great yeah. tune. Probably my favorite Bruce Springsteen song. Yeah. Um, so as we then come up on the eighties, I see one song jumping at me and it says pink Cadillac by Natalie Cole. I, I don't know. Uh, is that another song? Is that the same one? Is that the Bruce Springsteen song? Do we know? Well, maybe after this uh, show, we'll have to uh, pull them up and uh, <laughs> compare right. notes because uh, I do not have an answer for that. <laughs> um, all right, here we go. 1980. <clears throat> this song came out probably about 1984 is my guess, called 57 Chevy by the legendary slow hand himself, Eric Clapton. Hmm. You guys remember that song? I am not super familiar with the 57 Chevy yeah, I'm gonna song. Feed you, I'm going to feed you a lyric from it. Okay, It's probably going to come to you. Eric, you might know it. 
And the, 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 the lyric is, I get off on 57 Chevys. And I get off on anybody. Screaming guitar. Screaming guitar. Okay. Screaming guitar. I know the song now. You Absolutely. know the song? Yeah, really? I just didn't know it was called 57 Chevy. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, but I've definitely heard the song many times. Gotcha. Uh, Jason, I think it's on the flip side of your boy George mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> it might be. <laughs> uh, all right, here's here's one that... Um, so for you prog rock geeks like myself that listen to prog rock like Rush and maybe Triumph and Yes, uh, maybe Pink Floyd's considered somewhat prog rock, different, I don't know. But Rush, definitely a progressive rock band. The song I'm thinking of is Red Barchetta, uh, 1981. Uh, do you know what a Barchetta is? It's a, it is a two-door coupe in the yes. lines of uh, an Austin Healey coupe. But it was made in Torino, I believe, or was it was it an Italian? Was it Italian? It's an Italian coupe. Yeah. And the whole song talks about how he and his uncle, uh, he goes to this special place when he goes to his uncle's barn, and they work on this car, and it's this dream that they have to get that working together, and it's beautiful, and yeah, the music is amazing. Good story. And all lyrics by Rush were written by Neil Peart, the yeah. drummer. Every single one. Yeah. Good song. Great. Listen to it on the way home. Yeah. Put it on after the podcast. Yeah. And enjoy. Huh. I think Jason's going to be looking, listen to a lot of music. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's right. So next up was uh, this song that put this young lady on the map back in 1988. Uh, lady by the name of Tracy Chapman. Singer, songwriter, and and this is some was one of the first I think that comes in as that true singer songwriter where she's got a little bit of a blues feel, but you could just literally give this gal a guitar and she could make a song sound just beautiful. And she would do that in concert where she didn't need you know drums and guitars behind her. She could just play acoustically and entertain all night. And she was known for that. But Tracy Chapman came out with a song called "Fast Car" in 1988, and you talk about a song about redemption and uh overcoming a bad situation but it starts off you know her uh, well you got a fast car i think as i remember the song is that maybe her father's abusive or is an alcoholic or she's got to get out of there so she can't yeah. yeah she leaves off to go off with her boyfriend who's got a fast car they're going to get out of the town and redeem themselves and make a life and then down the road she's back in that same loop where her boyfriend slash husband live in whatever is kind of in that same cycle as her father once was. And then she's like, you know, you got to get, you got your fast car. I'm going to get your fast car and I'm going to get the hell out of here and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, beautiful song though. Yeah. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't speak of any specific car other than it's fast. (laughs) So use your imagination. (laughs) Tim, will you address some more songs from the eighties that absolutely uh, will get John give, Jason, some Benadryl because I think a couple songs you have coming up here are going to give him hives. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Because Jason's lack of appreciation for some country music. <laughs> okay. Well, go. I'm going to just go ahead and tell you real quick the next guy we're going to talk about for just two songs Dwight Yoakam from Pikeville, Kentucky. Now, he did uh, spend a great deal of his later life up in uh, Ohio somewhere, maybe Akron ish, but Dwight was born. Early part of his life was living down in Pikeville, Kentucky. So, you know, the guy probably learned to twang and whatnot and, and get that honky-tonk sound from uh, 
from being around the coal mines of Kentucky. Um, but Dwight is attributed to, to the genre. It is a subgenre of country music. It's called the Bakersfield Sound that Buck Owens and the Buckaroos were, were really known for. And he was really influenced by Buck Owens' sound. But the song that Dwight came out with in 1986... The first one was Guitars and Cadillacs, and the lyric is Guitars, Cadillacs, and Hillbilly Music, the only thing that keeps me hanging on. That's a great song. I guarantee it. It's a great song. If you listen to it, you'll know it. You've heard this song before. Oh, it's great. It's great. It And it just, it rocks. All right. And the next song he did, 1989, sort of a follow-up, was Long White Cadillac. So go, go, go pull it up from the YouTube Blow the dust off and enjoy, and and we'll let us say you're welcome. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Jason, you can stop scratching now. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, as we make that turning point into the well, into the '90s, one song I wanted to touch on. So let's go back to the very I don't know what it maybe '84, 1983, 1984. Yeah, Sammy Hagar, '83, '84. Okay. All right, Sammy Hagar. This is before Van Hagar. Mm-hmm. So That's right, David 86. Lee Roth was still playing with um, with Van Halen and uh, the no drama there. But Van, uh, but Sammy Hagar came out with that big hit. I didn't know who the heck Sammy Hagar was until the song came out. And he was very frustrated with the law that had been on the books for about 10 years now. And that that, uh, you know, there was a speed limit. It's a protest. State highways, 55 miles an hour. And Sammy was just telling people, I can't do it. Jason, what can't Sammy do? He can't drive 55. He can't drive That's 55. Right. Who can? And I believe he's, right. uh, is he in a Testarossa in the video? Boxer. Oh, he's in a Ferrari Boxer. Oh, is he Ferrari right? Boxer, okay. Good and it's call. his car. It's his car, and the bandmates are all acting like mechanics, but the actual guy he talks to is a famous Ferrari mechanic out in the West Coast. Oh, that's cool. Who's talking to him at the beginning of the video. Huh. But it's a protest song because – Around 83, they had put manufacturer mandates where speedometers can't go above 85, yeah, that's mm-hmm. and they have to have a pronounced 55 right. speed limit, because nationwide, Carter said 55 miles an hour. That's right. That's as fast as you can go. Mm-hmm. So we're talking 1976, Jimmy Carter was present through 76 to 80. This song coming out four years after that administration is gone, I mean, he's, he's apparently, he's enraged you know <laughs> right. here we are yeah. seven right. years removed you know it's such an awesome song it is a uh, it's, song. it's a fun song you gotta you gotta rock out to it everybody yeah. sings it yeah uh in your car i mean when it comes on but you know we were so young when the jimmy carter and the speed limit thing yeah, we didn't i had it. no reference to no. the song no and you know i can't drive 55 right and he's well, screaming it yeah well, I'll tell you my experience with driving 55 is I was living down in St. Petersburg, Florida, and I was driving back home to see my parents for the holidays in my Suzuki Samurai, which maybe top speed was 65. <laughs> <laughs> but I had that thing loaded to the hilt, and I remember driving up 75, I-75, all the way from St. Petersburg at 55 miles an hour, <sighs> and then cut over to I-20 or 40 to, to Nashville and 65 the whole way home. It took me 16 hours to get <laughs> yeah. home. Yeah. Now, today you can drive that at 75, maybe 80. I mean, we right. all, you know, push it yep. five or 10 miles over, and it's an, it's a much quicker drive. But driving 55, yeah, that is a that, that is just a terrible feeling. That, that's actually a song. 
Yeah. Sixteen right. hours to get from <laughs> at fifty five. That's right. Nice. Um, As a musician, I maybe write it. So um the nineties guys, I don't know. As we turn into the nineties, I can't really well, think of many nineties songs. You, you have uh, one song on here, uh that I saw. I'm a big Stone Temple Pilots and Radiohead fan. So oh, perfect. I, I, I I like that you put this on the the list, but Interstate Love Song, it's a great song, uh, is just uh, one of my favorites from Stone Temple Pilots. Great song. Uh, it's it's a short song, uh, but it's it's a pretty cool song. Yeah, great song. And then Radiohead as well. But uh, one uh, one last bag. song I'll yeah. leave you guys with is um, if you if, if if I've got time, I was just going to give you a absolutely. Quick, okay, there's this song, Jason. I'm going to really push hard, fellas, Uh-oh. to get this song to become. You're all's theme song for this podcast. And in my brief experience, this being my now second show with you guys, I feel like I got some power. Maybe I got some pull here. And <laughs> right. There you go. And I should have a stake in the game. Some juice. That's right. That's right. There you go. <laughs> but there's a really cool song that was recorded by um, a, uh, a group that they called themselves the Kingsmen. And the Kingsmen consisted of the following band members. All right. Two of Elvis Presley's. Uh, two of two of his axe men. One was Scotty Moore, who played guitar for Elvis. The other one was DJ Fantana. Uh, yeah, Fantana, who played drums. The other two, um, a guy who played with a little band out of uh, England, known as, uh, I don't know if you guys know him or not, but known as uh, the Rolling Stones, and his name's Keith Richards. Of course we know who Keith is. And then the other guy, the fourth guy, is Levon Helm, who was with uh, the band. I mean, that's it. I'll just leave it at that. The band. You guys know the band? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The night they drove old Dixie down and uh, take a load off and uh, just these great songs. Well, Levon Helm was the drummer for that band, and Levon had a talent that's rare among musician drummers, and that's to sing and play drums at the same time. So on this recording, he's not doing that, but he could. Uh, DJ Fontana's playing drums. And uh, and anyway, there's also some members in, in the band uh, in this group, the Kingsmen, that were also with the band. Um, uh, Garth Hudson and uh, Rick Danko are also in that band. But the song is called Deuce and a Quarter. That's the name Deuce of the song. Deuce and a Quarter. Deuce and a Quarter. So here we go with some trivia. Did we talk about this before? Uh, maybe. I think I remember. All right. Let's see. All right. Well, Deuce and a Quarter. Right. First of all, tell me what the car is. That would be a Buick. Any specific kind? Electra. Electra. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And what does the 225 mean? That was the length of the vehicle from bumper to bumper. Isn't that amazing? Is there a bigger car in uh, history since I then? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Cadillac Brom for a minute, <laughs> for a millisecond. Yeah. They're right there. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Well, so, that's my push to get this song to be your all's theme song. Theme if song. if I could go. hit like the DJ button and and and, <laughs> and seg playing. out with this beautiful right. outro, well, it would be that song. Well, right Tim, now. you it's may have to uh, record it on your own, oh, and then okay. we can <laughs> use your version <laughs> of it. There you go. So, do you remember what year that was? 1996, I believe. 1996. Awesome. Keith Richards, what? 104 <laughs> and 96. Yeah, not in vampire years. <laughs> not in vampire years. So we're talking about the '90s. There really wasn't much music in the '90s that involved cars. And you go into the 2000, you go into the 2010, yeah. or 2020. I think I guess that kind of correlates. Like Jason, your kids want to get their driver's license. A lot of folks, when they're kids now, 
our kids are trying to get their driver's license. We're like, hey, go get your driver's license. We right. want it. When we hit 16, we were, we I want my permit. quick enough. We and were the, there. the day right. that yep. that permit said you can get your license, we, we were in were line. There. We're like, mom, dad, dad, right. mom. We're, we, I mean, we need to be in line. Exactly. Nowadays, it seems like just the, the no emphasis hurry. of having that freedom yeah. isn't there. Which tells me, apparently our kids can drive 55. <laughs> They don't even care to drive. They want an Uber. That's right. Yeah. They want somebody else to drive. Right. Yeah. Right. Different. Absolutely. Yeah. Uber, the company that can drive my kids and bring them food. Uber yeah. Eats. That's right. I mean, who would have thought that that kids... They're I mean, not a if, sponsor, are they? No. Not yet. <laughs> we'll edit this if they become a sponsor. When? So... Did you did your boy do your boys have any issues like where they're like, hey, are you ready to go get your license? Oh yeah, whatever. I think given the um Their environment. Dad. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. They were anxious. They wanted it. Uh it was a you know, the, they finally can have their own freedom, if you will, go where they want to go, do what they want to do, that type of thing. But many of their friends are uh they're taking their time or it's not that big of a deal. Apathetic uh, on the whole yeah, thing. Right. Exactly. Wow. And, and that is an interesting twist, but, um, but yeah, I was, I was on my birthday there at the Bureau oh, yeah. of Motor Vehicles. I remember As that. was yeah. I. Yep. yep. Absolutely. So couldn't get it quick enough. Yeah. Field trip to Bowman field. And, <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. And exactly. also back then when we were getting our permits, what, three months? You had to have your permit at least three months. I thought uh, something like that. Was it back then? For, I thought it was I thought it was a month. I don't remember. It might have been a month. Yeah. I thought it was just thirty days. I thought. Well, I can't remember I uh when I got mine, but I was, you know, the day I turned. Yeah, you were then, there too, weren't you? Yeah. yeah. And then the day I was able to get my license, yeah. I went and took the test and got my license. Yep. Yep. Uh but I don't remember if it was thirty days or three months or six months. Yeah. I I, I don't I, think it was six months. I don't think it was six months. Mm-mm. No. It might have been thirty days to ninety days, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's right. We're being the biggest concern I had at that time was who's going to let me borrow their car so I can go and take the test. <laughs> well, Tim, hey, listen, thank you again. Enjoyed this has it. Been such a fun conversation here tonight. We certainly appreciate you it has being been here. My pleasure. And, uh, talking to each I mean, certainly been a blast. Yeah, been and a great uh, time. we thank still you. have a few more decades, I think, uh, to invite Tim back to to talk <laughs> oh, about. Yeah. Uh, which would be a lot of fun. So um, thanks for joining us here at the Classic Car Corner podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, like us on Facebook, subscribe so you are notified of new shows, and please leave us a review. Your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. Thanks for listening, and until next time, happy motoring from your friends here at the Classic Car Corner podcast.